And I want you to grab your Bibles this morning and turn with me back to the Old Testament and the book of Joshua, the historical section again. We had a great lesson last week as God revealed He's a God of truth. And we turn back to the history lessons that God has inspired for us to remind us today that God is faithful. That's the corollary to God is true. The one true God, true to who He is. He's true to what He says. He's faithful to do exactly what He has told you and told me He will do. He is a faithful Father. And we all, as they just reminded us, men, we need to aspire to be faithful men. There's only one perfect, faithful Father. He's in heaven. Uh, We recognize that... uh, Uh, We have fallen short. In fact, it's an indictment on not just the men in America, but men in the church today. We're not being faithful to what we should be as men of God. Uh, Many are faithless and unfaithful in their commitments, not just to their uh, children or to their brides, but we see politicians that aren't always faithful to what they promise us they will do. And uh, we need to boot them out of office next time it comes around. And uh, we have men that should be faithful when they give their word with a, working in a business as a contract. And, uh, you know, there was a day, let's be reminded, there was a day where it was just your name, right? And you could shake on it and that was all that was needed. And now we need all the legalese just to hold people to be faithful. We live in a day where we need faithful, good men. And the thing is that we're looking in the word of God because... In order to understand that faithful father that we're supposed to be, we look to the one who is the faithful father. We gather to worship him today, and we recognize that we want to be like him. His spirit embodies us, is within us, in our bodies, to empower us, to enable us to do what we should do. And to keep our words just as he keeps his word. In fact, when you read over in Psalm 89, what you see there in verse 1 of Psalm 89 The psalmist says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever with my mouth. I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. My responsibility this morning and the opportunity that's before me is to declare to all the generations that are before me, whether in the sanctuary or watching online or listening out there in Radio Land, my responsibility is to declare God is faithful. His mercies are new every morning. You can take him at his word, even when you stumble and fall short and need those mercies. When I do, he's faithful to supply him. He's faithful to his word. Build your life on that solid rock that we sang about, his word. He's given us his oath, his covenant, his blood. He's going to be faithful to what he said, to what he's promised. He's shown us a sacrifice of his own son, written in blood. That he's faithful to do what he says he will do. You see, we're studying the attributes of God. Because as he is, I become like the object I worship. And if I'm worshiping a faithful father, then I should be a faithful father. If I'm worshiping a faithful God, then I should be faithful in the way I live my life. We desperately need to see that in this world today. When we're talking about God's faithfulness, remember this is the corollary to what we learned last week. That God is truth. Faithfulness speaks, though, to the core of his character, who God is and what he's like. The faithfulness that we speak of means that God is true, not just to himself. He'll always act in accordance with his essence, the type of God that he is, a holy God, a a, a just God, a righteous God, a, a good God. 
But, but also, he's true to his word, completely reliable and, and, and consistent with it. And he's a source of, of stability for those who place their trust in him. You see, when I read that definition, what it reminds me of is, is I should be motivated every day to take this book right here and open it and read it and hear God speak. Why? Because it's God's faithfulness. It's his faithful word that, that he is going to do exactly what he says he will do in this book. I mean, you know what? You can take the word of other people around you, but that word's not always faithful. That's not always a good authority to build your life on. This one is. God is true to himself and what he has promised us in his word. And it's a source of stability for those who place their faith in him. Why? Because he's true. And he speaks truth. And whatever he says comes to pass. And as you walk by faith as children of God, what you and I experience and what we learn and what we realize as we take him at his word is that, you know what? I'll just take another step trusting in his word. And I'll just take another step trusting in his word, knowing and seeing the testimony behind me of his faithfulness as I've just faithfully followed him down the path that he has illumined for me in his word. Anyone had a trying circumstance this week? Anyone had your resources dwindled and and you're wondering, you know, how are we going to make ends meet thanks to inflation and the current government? Anyone, you know, just been through something that just distresses you or depresses you or, or, or causes your spirit today to be maybe under a little cloud? Listen, look to the God who is faithful and has promised himself in his word. Build your life on who he is and what he has promised us. As Pastor Pauli said, God has given us more than one promise every day in his word to live by. I need them. You need him. In fact, this word, his God's faithfulness, not just encourages me to open the book and hear him speak and build my life on what he says, but I'm also reminded that God's faithfulness encourages me to trust in him when I don't see things going as I expected them. You would agree with me, I believe, that it matters what kind of God you serve and worship, particularly when you're going through trials. Trials expose us. They, 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 they make known the genuineness of our faith. They reveal the degree to which we're actually believing and trusting in God. And what God has given us here in His Word is this whole history, this sacred history of His faithfulness to saints who, who had to walk by faith and trust Him. There's a great hall of faith over there in Hebrews chapter 11 uh, of, of men that some are insignificant and yet God just spoke a word to them and they had to choose. I'll take him at his word. I'll choose to believe. And, and that's, that's amazing what the men just saying. You know, God's not looking for an army. He's just looking for faithful men that will trust him even when they go through trials, even when it doesn't go as one expects it to go, to trust in him and to believe God is who he says he is. You know, several weeks ago when we went through and we talked about God's mercy and his compassion and and we quoted there from Exodus 34 when God revealed himself to Moses, the Lord, the Lord God, faith are full of compassion and mercy, slow to anger and, and, and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. You see, when God revealed himself, he was declaring, I am who I say I am and I am faithful. 
In fact, the psalmist would say in Psalm 36, 5, that your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens and your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. God is faithful each and every morning, beloved. And he who calls you, Paul would tell the Thessalonians, he is faithful. He also will do it. In fact, I'm grateful he also wrote to Timothy and told him, you know, when we're faithless, God remains faithful. Why? Because he cannot deny himself. He's given that oath. He's given the covenant. He's given his blood as a testimony. I will keep my word, even when mankind doesn't. That's why when he cuts a covenant with Father Abraham, the father of faith, it was only God who passed through because only God could keep the covenant. Abraham never could. And you and I can't either. In fact, we needed one who is the seed of Abraham, who could keep the word and always be faithful in all things, to come and offer himself as a sacrifice for us. And because of his obedience, we can be made right with God. That's Jesus. You see, God's faithfulness is a reminder to me and to you to cry out to him. Now, the devil doesn't want us to. The devil doesn't want you this morning if you've had one of those distressing, depressing times of life. He doesn't want you and I to call out on the Father. In fact, he tries to soil the minds and spoil the minds of children with the faithlessness of earthly fathers. And that, that gives him even more reason to say, oh, you can't believe in that heavenly Father. Look at how your Father on earth has failed you. But let me be reminded, let me remind everyone today, there is no faithful Father on earth 100% of the time. But there is one in heaven. And he wants you and I to become his children and trust in him. And the grace that we experience is the grace sometimes we probably need to share with our fathers when they don't get it right. And don't hold them up and say, we expect you to get it right 100% of the time because they won't. They need mercy and grace. This father needs mercy and grace. My children are all back there. You can ask them. Just yesterday, you can ask them. We all need God's grace and mercy. But the amazing thing is, the devil will use those moments when you think God isn't being faithful, to cause you not to believe in Him, to turn from Him. I mean, you stop, you petition God, you cry out to Him, you're asking for something, and the answer doesn't come. So do you believe God is no longer faithful? Or are you willing to wait and to trust in Him? Or perhaps it doesn't go my way. I mean, I've asked God and, 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 and I'm still having this hardship or it, it, God's not answering it the way I think he should. Do I praise him that he's still faithful? Working out his plans and purposes for his glory and my good, even when I don't see it, when I don't experience it. That's what understanding and walking by faith, knowing he is faithful, reminds me of this morning. That you know what? God is faithful to his essence, to his covenant, to his word, to his promised salvation, to his unending love. And we stand, we honor, we worship him today because he is a faithful father. I want you to stand with me and honor the word of the Lord as we see these three exhortations that Joshua gives us this morning and reminds us who we should be in light of the fact that God is a faithful father. I'm going to read just the first five verses because of time's sake, but we'll go through all the way down through the chapter. But Joshua speaks to us this morning and the word of God speaks to us and he says, now it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about. That Joshua was old and advanced in age. And Joshua called for all Israel, for the elders, for their heads, and for their judges. 
and for their officers and said to them, I am old, advanced and aged, but you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to you and to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. See, I have divided to you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from the Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off as far as the great sea westward. And the Lord your God will expel them before you and drive them out of your sight. So you shall possess their land as the Lord your God promised you. Father in heaven, right now, Lord, embolden our faith to choose to believe you are who you say you are. That, Lord, when you give your word, we can take it to the bank. We can build our life on that truth. Because everything with you, Jesus, is yes and amen. You are faithful and true. And it's written on you. It's what it says in the book of Revelation. You are the one who is faithful and true. So, Lord, may we look with faith to our King who is coming. May we trust in his word until he arrives. God, may we stand for truth because our God is true. And God, may we be found faithful and long to hear that word from you. Well done, good and faithful servants, until you arrive. We ask all this in the precious, powerful name of Jesus, our Savior and coming King. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Joshua has recorded for us the conclusion of his life. And if you've never read this wonderful book on leadership, it is an incredible book about strength and courage and going forward in faith. And resting in God's word and trusting him to do just as he says. Joshua's life was one where he walked by faith. He was given the responsibility to lead God's people into the promised land. And to realize all of the promises that God had for his people when he delivered them out of bondage out of Egypt. As they walked through the wilderness and through the desert and came to the promised land, finally, after 40 years, ready to go in, it's Joshua who leads them in. And at the end of his life, he has a concern for God's people. It's a concern that I have for you as well. My responsibility is to declare God's faithfulness to all generations. I recognize this morning that you and I need to put our faith and trust in him. He is the only sure source of security you will find in this life and the one to come. And we take him at his word and believe, listen... Through faithful obedience, we will realize all the promises that he has for us. And Joshua is just recounting God's faithfulness. God gave us rest. He delivered us from all those enemies. He defeated all those enemies. And even the, the ones that linger, God drove out some, but, but there's some he still has to defeat and drive out. And God will be faithful to do just that. God has given the land. It's been divided, Joshua says. He's saying, in effect, God has been faithful, and it's time to consider what your responsibility, what my responsibility would be for a God to a God who is faithful to keep his word. In the past, in the future, in the present, Joshua is testifying of these things. Now, think about this. The past that's behind us gives you and I a reminder that God will keep his word and he's faithful. 
Not just in your life. You take this journey of faith. You simply take God at his word. And every step of trusting and obeying. Trusting who he is. What he says is true. Obeying what he's commanded us to do. After a while, the further more steps you take as you further yourself down the path. You look down and you look back and you go, man, he's been faithful. He's been good. Man, he's done things I never even imagined. Things I wasn't even expecting. But man, he's been faithful to his word. And Joshua's just recounting that for them. And he's pointing them to the future, which is out of their control. They have no control of it. And by the way, neither do you and neither do I have control over the future. It's all in his hands. Praise God, he's faithful. Amen. But this I do know. We do have control in, in, the, in the moment, in the present. But it's the past that informs me in the present to, listen, make amends if something bad has happened in the past and get it under the blood of Christ and be graced and mercied by Him. But also to reorient myself for the future so that I walk in a way that pleases God and I experience all the blessings that He has promised. Joshua is calling all these elders. He's calling all of them in and he's, he's calling those who have influence those are their over tribes, the leaders. And they have abilities and they have influence. And he's calling on them. Now, just as an aside, since some in our current culture do not like patriarchy, uh, it's not an evil thing, okay? Civilizations depend upon the strength of men. You don't think so? Go study history. It's only a modern phenomenon that we have now that despises patriarchy. I'm not saying that there haven't been bad examples of it at times, but that's because of sin. But God has so designed the genders to relate in a particular way. And while there have been distortions of how that is, we make no apology for the fact that our culture needs to re-embrace what it means to be a man, the value of manhood, and we should be inspiring our boys to live and aim to be men. To be men as God defines it in his word. Biblical men, not emasculated men. And that's a problem in our culture today. And church, you and I should not be making apologies for that. God is the one who defines what biblical manhood and biblical womanhood is. And we need faithful men today to do what they should be doing, leading. Joshua calls them together and he reminds them, God has been faithful. And now here is my exhortation to you. Here is what you should be in light of who God is as the faithful God. The first thing he says is this. It's time to courageously obey the faithful God. The people have seen it. He's recorded it. He's reminding them of it. Joshua's seen it with his own eyes. He has seen the Jordan become dry so they could march through on dry ground. They picked up stones and they placed them as a testimony, as a memorial. What do these stones mean? Well, they point up to a great and mighty God who opened up these waters and kept his word and delivered his people from bondage into the promised land. God is a faithful God. He got on the other side and he watched as God was faithful to bring those walls of Jericho down. And they didn't even lift a sword against it. They just lifted the trumpet and praised God and shouted. And God brought the walls down. He has witnessed and seen hailstorms. He's seen stinging hornets drive the nations out. As God has demonstrated time and again, he will fight for his people. This is Joshua who saw the sun stand still and bring victory for God's people. This word is a reminder of God's faithfulness. And Joshua says the same thing that Moses told him to do at the very beginning of Joshua over in Joshua 1, 6 through 9. 
courageously obey the faithful God. He says it right here in verse 6. Therefore, be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left. In your margin of your Bible, you write Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. And over there, what you find is the same thing that Moses told Joshua. Be strong, be courageous, obey, keep, do, not some, not most, but all that God has commanded you. And it hasn't changed for you and for me today. Now, why would he say courageously obey? Why would he say it this way? Why is it be strong and of good courage? Because I'll tell you, in this world, men don't want to hear what God has to say. And they don't want to do what God says to do. And we need faithful men who will stand on this word and be what we should be as, as husbands, as fathers, as men of God, as leaders in our community. We need faithful men today who just know this, thus saith the Lord. And that's enough. And it takes courage to do that. In fact, what's fascinating is courage is not the absence of fear. You might actually still have fear, but you still do the right thing even when there's fear present. That's what courage is. And it takes courage to obey, especially when many around you don't obey. You listen, students, it takes courage to do the right thing when your peers don't want to do the right thing. And God calls you to do that, to be obeying what he has said as a faithful God. In fact, what's fascinating is if you go read over in 1 John, when John was speaking to the church, what he says there, he speaks to the fathers, he speaks to the young men, and then he speaks to the children. And he says the same thing twice in 1 John chapter 2 to the young men. And he tells them, listen, he tells them, listen, you're strong. And the reason that you're strong is because the Word of God dwells richly in you. You see, when God's Word is in my heart, and it's the plumb line for the way I live, and it's given me the direction that I should go, and it reminds me that God is faithful and what my God is able to do, and how I'm to live for Him, that gives me strength and courage to go forward in faith each and every day and do the right thing even when those around me may not want to do the right thing. This strength is derived from the Word. And I have courage every time. Listen, I'm just telling you, take one step of faith and choose to believe God is who, sa who He says He is. And you know what? When you do that and He demonstrates His faithfulness, you'll have the courage to take another step and another step and another step. And pretty soon, no one will be able to stop you. Men who are willing to face the future, not afraid to die, is what I just heard them sing. You know why? If I die, that's the greatest thing that could happen to me. <laughs> you know why? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. So follow him faithfully. You have a whole testimony of this over in Hebrews chapter 11. Those who are willing to walk by faith and take God at his word. And sometimes they didn't even see and realize the promise. But it wasn't for them. It was for us. And for all those behind us to experience. And yet they went for it in faith. Because they knew God was faithful. Joshua was just reminding him, listen, it's the Lord your God. He's the one who has fought for you. 
He, he, he reminds them, listen, all of your victories in life, they're not because of your wit, your power, your strength, your might. It's because of Almighty God and what He does in your life and my life. He's our great victor. He's our great defender. He's our, the one that assures us that we will have deliverance. And God never failed His people. He is the one who has fought for you. I see this is a good reminder for you and for me. It's why we open the word because of his faithfulness. And the spirit of God reminds me and takes this word and chisels it on my heart. And, and, and I'm reminded I just have to take him at his word. I just have to believe my God is faithful. Here's the thing today. Do you know some of us, we will obey other people's commands who aren't faithful. We won't obey the God who is faithful. You ever notice that? It's pretty sad. In fact, we will sometimes won't even take God at his word that he will do what he says he will do. Some of us aren't faithful with our finances and doing the right thing and trusting God and giving him his 10% because we don't take him at his word and believe that he'll be faithful to open the storehouses of heaven, to shut the mouth of the devourer and supply and give us more with less. And yet he's faithful. He's got an awesome track record. He multiplies things. It's amazing. I learned that lesson a long time ago when I learned, you know what? I can do more with less because I'm with God. And it's a vital lesson to learn at an early age and to trust Him because He's always faithful. And it's the Word of God that reminds me and empowers me to go forward in faith each and every day and take Him simply at His Word. And it takes courage to obey. Now, when we courageously obey, what that means is we will cleave to him. And we will not cling to things of this world. He says here in verses 7 and 8, Unless you go among the nations, we, we're going to obey the Lord, lest we go among these nations who remain among you. You shall not make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause anyone to swear by them, nor shall you serve them, nor bow down to them, but you shall hold fast, your text may say cling or cleave, to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. Why? Because the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations, but as for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. The amazing thing is, God's promise is this. He's going to be faithful, and He wants us to be faithful to Him. Not just to obey Him courageously, but to hold on to Him tightly. And brothers and sisters, we need to hold on tightly. The picture here of cling is not, oh, I'm in desperation, I'm holding on, Lord. That's not the picture. The picture is this. Tie me tight, lash me down, adhere me. You know that, uh, that, that glue you can... That, that you can spray and, and it, you know, liquid nails, I'm attached to God. That's the picture. So much so, listen, this is the word that's used over there in Genesis chapter 2 of how a man and a woman, when they become one, they cleave. The man cleaves to his bride and they are one flesh. Now, I know you newlyweds, when you cling to one another. You know what I'm talking about? You cling to one another everywhere you go. No, 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 this is more than just clinging. This is cleaving. One flesh. This is the picture. Why? 
Because the temptation is you will hold on to things in this world. And those are the things which will bring God's judgment. God will be faithful to his word and bring judgment. If we hold on to this world, we're supposed to cleave, hold on to him, fix it tightly to him. And that takes practical obedience day by day. I have to detach myself from this world and attach myself to God. You know why? Because he's demonstrated he's faithful. Why wouldn't I want to attach myself to him? Why wouldn't I want to embrace everything that he has for me? Why, why would I want to hang on to anything that this world has? They don't keep their word. They don't keep their promises. It demonstrated time and time again. But it takes courage to do this. It, it takes courage to defy the crowd and, and not choose the way of the world. I mean, John would say it this way. Don't love the world nor the things of the world. For if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. We're cleaving because we know the one who is faithful to his word. And he has presented himself with his loving arms to take us in and to hold us forever the everlasting arms securing you, securing me. And we should reach around and say, oh yeah, hug me, hold me, keep me safe. I want to trust in you. And that's your responsibility and my responsibility. I have to wake up every morning and I have to choose. You know what, today I am going to take God at his word. Today I'm going to believe he is who he says he is. Today I'm going to follow him in obedience and I'm going to cleave to who he is. And the amazing thing is as I do that, walking through his word, God reveals himself more and more. And he demonstrates that he is able to fight my battles for me. No one is able to stand before you, against you to this day. No one has been able to do that, Joshua says. And beloved, the only certain assurance that you have for victory is when you and I cleave to God because he is a mighty warrior. It's what our students learned and children learned this past week. That's why we put on the armor of God and we take up the shield of faith, faith in who God is and faith in his word. And we take that sword of the spirit, the word of God, and we go forward in battle. We don't retreat. We go forward because we know the God that has achieved the victory for you and for me. Then we have to make one more choice. Are we going to love the faithful God? You see, Joshua appeals to the affections to love for a reason. Because this world, we love many things in it. But if we love God supremely, all those loves in comparison, they pale. They don't rise to the same level. It's not surprising then when he gets down to verse 9, he's going to say this to them. The Lord has driven from out from among you great and strong nations. But as for you, no one's been able to stand against you to this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God is he who fights for you as he promised you. Therefore, take careful heed to yourselves, here it is, that you love the Lord your God. Or else, if indeed you do go back and cling to the remnant of these nations. Verse 13, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you. But you shall be, they shall be snares and traps, scourges on your side, thorns in your eyes, until you perish from the good land which the Lord your God has given you. You see, Joshua's appealing here to the same commandment that was given before they entered the land by Moses over in Deuteronomy chapter 6 when they heard the law the second time. 
They were reminded that they were to fear God and teach their sons and their grandsons to fear the Lord. And then it was later that the great commandment was given. That they are, after they had the great confession, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That was their responsibility, be loving God fears. And it hasn't changed. What did Jesus say about obedience? What is obedience? If you love me, you will do what? You will Keep my commandments. It's not surprising that we find this commandment to do, to obey, to tie closely to love. Because obedience is the fruit of our devotion of love to God. If you say you love God, then it should be evident by the things that you and I do. It should be evident that that God's love has so changed our life that now we love Him back, realizing that He first loved us. And he cautions the leaders, he cautions the elders and says, be very careful. Do not go back to those things you once held to. To be separated unto God is also to be separated from the world. So cleave to him and don't cling or hold on to the things of this world. It's God who keeps his promises. It's God who has the expectation that Israel would keep all his commandments and love him because he has first loved them. And it hasn't changed for you and for me. And that snare of the world, it is there to trip you up and trip us up in our journey of faith. And we need to realize it today that idolatry will always lead us away to immorality. Just read Romans chapter 1 and look at our culture today. The inclination of my heart and of your heart in the midst of that struggle is to continually look to God, to cry out to Him, to take Him at His word and allow that sanctification to take place for our lives to be made new. And the sooner that we realize we can't clean ourselves up but we depend on Him, the better we are for it. And God's word reminds you and reminds me to look to Him because He who began the good work in you is what? Faithful to complete it. That first step of faith that you exercised when you trusted in Jesus and you said, I need to go in a new direction. God is faithful to take you to the destination, the end result of your faith. But that's you, that's me, that's trusting in Him, taking Him at His word, believing He is faithful and that He will do everything He has promised. Great is thy faithfulness, Jeremiah said. Not in the midst of great tears in Lamentations 2, uh, 3, verse 23. Shedding tears, weeping tears over a nation that had been faithless to God. But reminding the remnant, great is thy faithfulness. Beloved, our God is faithful to all generations. Even if not a single one of us remain faithful to Him, He's still coming for the, faith, for the bride who is waiting for Him. And everything that he has says will come to pass. Not one thing will fail in what God has promised. And because he's faithful, beloved, he calls you and he calls me to be faithful today. All we have is today. The past is behind us. Whatever's in the future is in his hand. Today, we must choose to obey, to trust him and take him at his word. And he is admonishing you and is admonishing me to keep his word, to cleave to him and to love him. Too many Christians are willing to compromise with the enemy. Too many have already capitulated over to the enemy. I've seen much of it this week. The truth is this. Either we stand on the word unequivocally. It is what God has said. 
and we stand here and we don't move from it and we're blessed for it. Or you can turn from it. And may I say, this is a choice before everyone. It was before them. Joshua said, listen, cleave to God. Don't hang on to this world. Because in the day that you cleave to him, he'll drive the enemy out. He'll give you victory. But the day that you cling to the world, be careful. God will be faithful to his word then too. You see, there's blessings and there's cursings. God is faithful to bring it all to pass. And, and, and as a loving father, he will bring discipline if you're one of his children and not doing the right thing. Why? Because of love. Because he loves us. And Joshua was reminding them. You see, I've got precious promises right here. Precious promises to build my life on. And you can build your life on them too. But you have to take a choice. I believe he is who he says he is. As we learned last week, he's true. And I believe he's faithful. The flip side of it, the corollary. He's going to do what he says he will do. He's shown us his love. What greater love could he demonstrate to you and to me? That you're loved? His son Jesus died at Calvary for you and for me. He took the penalty that we deserved. He was the substitute in our place that God sent. He, what, what more can God de- do to demonstrate how much he loves you and loves me? His son, the most precious thing, innocently died for us. And in fact, he lived faithful in every way, every day, doing the right thing, so that he could achieve the righteousness, listen, that only could be imputed to our accounts. In other words, we can't be good enough. We need someone who's been perfect. Jesus has done that. And at that cross, an exchange can take place. He pays the penalty for all your disobedience and my disobedience, and we can be clothed with his perfected obedience, and we can be right with God now. And God promises that to any and everyone who will come to him by faith. But you have to make that choice. I have to believe God is who he says he is. Amazing thing this morning is if you're a believer and you realize that, but you know what? I've stumbled. I've fallen short. Well, we all do. That's why his mercies are new every morning. But it's amazing. That's why it says in 1 John chapter 1 that if you and I will confess our sins, he is faithful and just. Faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us. He, we don't have to continue stumbling down that path. We don't have to continue getting tripped up with that sin. No, 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 no. We can confess and we can be renewed. And our hearts and minds can be made right with him. Why? Because as Hebrew tells us, we have a faithful and a merciful high priest who intercedes for us. He's at the right hand of the Father, the righteous one, our advocate. And today, he's just waiting for you and I to say, I take you at your word. God, my life is a mess. Have mercy on me. Change my life. Your spirit has convicted me. I realize I'm not doing what I ought to do. But today, God, I want to walk out of these doors different than when I came in. And I don't want to be the same person. Why? Because your blood has changed me forever. Your spirit, I've heard your word. I've heard your spirit speak. And now I realize this is the step of faith I need to take. And that choice is before any and all today who will take it. Maybe you need to plant your life here this morning. You've already made those decisions and you're walking with your shepherd, with your faithful father. And today you just need to plant your life here at South River Baptist Church. Whatever God is telling you to do this morning, I just implore you. He's faithful to do what he promises he will do. You be faithful and do what he's telling you to do this morning.